to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for the family tech news correspondent or the person everyone goes to to see what's new and what's going on in the news and everyone else trying to get more out of their lives through tech. I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. And I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. Thank you for joining us this week on this follow-up episode after Apple's WWDC. Well, WWDC is all done. And like we said last week, there was going to be more details and information that was going to come out uh, during the, uh, uh, the event in, uh, in California. So um, what we wanted to do today instead of our regularly scheduled program is to do a follow-up episode or uh, what we missed, uh, you know, things that we missed kind of episode to cover everything that's came out since then. Um, like we said, there was going to be a lot of details to, to features and stuff that was announced that we just didn't have um, what devices it was going to be on, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> just how exactly things were going to function. So what we're going to do today is cover just iOS and, and just talk through some of those features and, and some of the things we can, um, we can actually explain some use cases to and, and um, you know, just some, some real world scenarios on some of these, uh, on some of these features. So. And also, too, if you guys, as usual, if you want to stick around and get extra geeky with us in the post show, uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive in the Apple uh, Vision Pro. That's the headset that they announced. Uh, some mixed reactions on it. <laughs> I made a, a, a point to uh, look at some of the, the hate videos, and uh, there is a lot of hate out there. So, uh, like I said, guys, if y'all want to stick around, we'll talk about that, too. Jason, I also thought maybe after um, Jason can see this, and if any of you watch the shorts um, that we put out this week, you'll see that I'm recording in a brand new location, first time recording in the camp trailer. So maybe, Jason, we can talk about what that's been like, because I did record my Leaders Lift podcast yesterday from here mm -hmm. and had some interesting experiences with that. So maybe we can chat <laughs> about sure. that a little bit in that post show, too. And Get a little geeky, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about the headset. I did not watch the hate videos. There's a lot of pushback on the price, right? I mean, yep, just, there just is. pushing back on the price, and um, but maybe we can talk about why it's that price right now and what we think it'll be in the future too. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. So before we get started, if you haven't already, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe or the follow button in the podcast player you're listening, or if you're listening on the web. Uh, just open your favorite uh, podcast player and, and hit uh, follow or, or, um, or subscribe there. Uh, you can also find us at Gadgets for Families uh, uh, on the web. Also, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at GDGTS4FMLS. And uh, that's the number four, not F-O-R. And uh, there we're going to be posting tips, tricks, episode reminders, things like uh, uh, when we post uh, shorts and stuff like that so you'll all, all, always be able to find that information there also we have a youtube channel and that's uh, youtube.com forward slash at gdgts for fmls and we're still working through the bugs <laughs> we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with that but uh we have a few uh, videos posted now but you guys y'all be able to find us on youtube so um so that's yeah. always there it's pretty cool. The YouTube shorts seem to be uh, a popular thing. So that's mostly what we're posting. So if you want to go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe, you may get three or four a week, but they're only going to be 
you know, a minute long. They're not going to be two hour videos like, uh, yeah. like this podcast generally ends up running. So maybe someday we'll do the full video podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, we'll keep it short. All right. So, Greg, you're back from vacation. Well, actually, you're not back. Um, I know you have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, anything you want to catch up on or you want to tell us about? Vacation was good. Um, we went up to, I recommended this in my Leaders Lift podcast to Wasatch Mountain State Park, which is our favorite campground here in Utah, and spent the whole mm -hmm. week. And unusual for Utah, we got a ton of rain. Um, so, I mean, it rained pretty much every day that we were up there, but that was fine. I got oh. in some good bike rides. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit rested. I'm still remote. We've got some family stuff we're taking care of. And I think at some yep. point we'll talk about that. Um, Maybe even when we get to talk about some of the assistive features, I want to talk about plans that, or ideas that I had for that, uh, what do they call it, personal voice, right? The one where you can train the system to talk in your own voice. Maybe we can talk about that at some point, but uh, maybe we'll do that in the post show today too. But okay. uh, it was good. But here's the, the problem that I had is cell phone service was kind of spotty. Yeah. Up where I was. So when I know one of the things you put in here was anything about the trip tech wise. And so right now I haven't turned my hotspot back on. And so I was completely on tethering up there. Now I wasn't working, which was great. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, there was only one spot in the trailer where I got decent cell phone signal. Mm hmm. And so I had to put my cell phone there. It was up on a ledge of a window and plug it in. <laughs> anyway, so I had to leave the phone in one spot plugged mm -hmm. in. So I didn't have my phone in my pocket like when I was sitting outside in the hammocks or whatever. And again, the fact that my iPad can't do some of the things that my phone does, right? Yeah. So um, it's easier to do two-factor codes in in Authy, for example out of off the phone versus on the ipad and so that was a little frustrating um we've got a couple more trips planned and i'm gonna have to decide whether i'm gonna turn on that hotspot just for a couple of months um the t yeah. speed was okay i mean it wasn't great it's much better where i'm at right now um but just the inconvenience of not having my phone and my ipad when I was doing different things, you know, reading yeah. a book or whatever, and then, you know, needed to check who was at the door at home or whatever the case may be. So tethering's okay, but I still don't think it's the, it's the best solution for those of us with first word, first world problem of having yeah. too many devices. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, we, we spoke before you were going to look into some alternatives like, uh, I forget what Elon Musk's uh, uh, wireless Starlink. Thing. Starlink, Starlink. That's right. Uh, and we also talked about the T-Mobile, like home mobile router kind of alternative. Mm -hmm. But I think you're going to run into the same signal issues with that, right? Because it still runs on on the cellular uh, uh, network. So yeah, so yeah. T-Mobile, I might. T-Mobile, okay. I might. Right. So I'm on Verizon now, and T-Mobile's coverage just isn't quite as comprehensive mm -hmm. as you know Verizon's, but Starlink, I did pay attention while I was up at the campground, and I saw more than one RV up there that had Starlink out. Okay. And so I'm fairly confident that Starlink would have 
service up there. And we're actually considering being camp hosts next summer up okay. there, which means we would be up there May through October full time. Oh, wow. And so if we do that, then yeah, I'll definitely be um, doing something like the Starlink and um, just kind of biting the bullet yeah. on the Starlink. I'm not going to get the super expensive Starlink. So you can get the one that you mount on your RV and you can yes. leave it on while you travel. But the hardware on that one's $2,500 just for yeah. the hardware. Yeah. So, but I think the other one, the just the standard dish, is like two hundred and fifty bucks, and it's one hundred and fifty dollars a month, which will be more expensive mm -hmm. than you know, like T-Mobile Home, which I think is like fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, but you can turn it on and off, which is great. Okay. So, yeah, I'll be looking into that. It definitely made me realize that I'll have to do something, and I've got two ten-day trips up to that same location, so I'm probably mm -hmm. just going to turn on that Verizon hotspot for those two months and bite the activation fee bullet right and just yeah. turn it on for two months that way i can leave the hotspot sitting on the window seal yeah and have everything connected okay all right well yeah definitely keep us updated on that i'm i'm curious to see how starleague works and and you know i've heard about it in, in different scenarios and things but really like just firsthand real world experience i'm i'm curious to see so yeah, yeah, sounds good. So, you want to talk about some news? What's in the headlines? Yeah, rock on. I, you've got a couple of things in here. Um, we're going to turn this into a gaming podcast if we keep this up. But. <laughs> I know. It's just what, what's, uh, what pops up in my news feeds, and uh, uh, it's all good. So, the, uh, the first thing I have, the hotly anticipated sequel to, Spider to Sony's uh, Spider-Man video game uh, finally has a release date, right? People have been been dying to hear when this game we knew we we're getting it this year but no one knew so spider-man 2 will be officially hitting consoles and uh store shelves uh october 20th this year right and uh this is going to feature uh some new game mechanics two all new villains that we know of so far that they've announced uh venom and craven and they look awesome by the way if you're spider-man fans uh also, the game map is going to be two times the size of the current map. So the game is going to be a bigger game overall, which is usually the case for, for sequels. But uh, they're going all out. The game looks beautiful. Uh, you can check out the, uh, uh, the links in the show notes to uh, Insomniac's website and the, uh, the game trailer uh, in the uh, show notes. So I uh, encourage you guys to go and check that out. If you're a fan, you know, if you played the first one, or you're you're familiar with it and you were thinking about getting into it check those trailers out i think you'll be uh pretty excited so the uh, the next yeah, bit of news i have i have a oh, i have on, a question sorry. for you though and mm -hmm. i apologize if the train that's in the background this campground is literally across the street from a train station not a metro station but a full rio grande oh. hauling <laughs> train station yeah. so I'll try and be quiet a little bit here, but did you get the, I saw that they released and I have no idea what this is about. Did you see the uh, trailer for the new Star Wars Outlaws game? So I did. I watched the trailer, the, the, the link did, that you sent. I'm not too familiar with that game though, but it looks really good. It looks really good. Open world, Star Wars. I mean, it sounds like the Star Wars version of Zelda to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, you know, games have been going with this, this whole this open world sandbox kind of, uh, uh, you know, gameplay uh, platform. And, and uh, I'm liking it. It really gives you a good experience. Not, not the experience. What am I looking for? Like 
it it immerse you in the world you know with the lore and the backstory and all of that it it just uh it it just pulls players in so i'm all for it i'm all for it you thinking about jumping well, this, into it it might so i've i've mentioned right that i'm not a big fan of these open world games cuz i just don't have the time and you know all of the effort that goes into trying to explore yeah. the whole world and <laughs> complete all the quests and stuff but star wars might get me there so yeah. we'll see okay the next one is uh, Logitech is discontinuing the Blue Yeti and the uh, Astro microphone divisions, right? So they're not going anywhere. They pay billions for these companies, so they're not doing away with them. But what they're going to do is uh, they're going to merge these two brands uh, into their Logitech G uh, uh, division, right? And this is their gaming and uh, streaming hardware uh, uh, division, audio, you know, uh, division. So... The company still has some unreleased Astro products, and this is the gaming headsets. They still have some products in the pipeline. This is stuff that the ball was already set in motion before they made the decision to roll these in. So the Blue Yeti division is going to be going away first, and then the uh, uh, Astro division will be following, right? So the uh, the hardware will still be around. Um, I'm sure you'll still get support on all your new products and stuff like that. And But... Uh, the actual official name would be Logitech G in the uh, in the coming future, you know. So uh, they purchased these uh, companies back in 2007. Uh, I don't have the exact number, but we're talking billions, right? <laughs> right. They always they knew what they were doing. Lately. Yeah, it, it's it's always in the uh, in the billions. But uh, um, Blue Yeti, which is the microphone I'm speaking to you now, um, I figured it had enough brand recognition for them to keep those separate, right? Sort of like Apple did with Beats. These companies, they already build a, a big brand following and everything. But yes, uh, at some point they decided, hey, let's just roll these, all these into Logitech G. And that's going to be the uh, the name of all of these uh, these gadgets going forth. So, yes, we, we uh, have the uh, official announcement in the uh, show notes. Uh, you can take a look at it from uh, uh, Logitech's Twitter page and uh, you can get more details there. Sounds good. All right, and uh, that's what that's all we had for the news this week. Did you want to talk about your uh, your tiny tech tip this week, Greg? Yeah, I've got kind of three tips in here. Uh, the first one's on ambient sound. So I, I've been I'm a big fan of having something in the background when I'm working, and uh, I've actually been using Apple's classical music app that they just released a whole bunch. Um, so that's great because I can put on like opera, for example, that. I won't pay attention to usually because it's in a foreign language I don't understand a whole lot of, but it's still some distraction in the background. But uh, I'll put a link into the show notes. The HomePods actually have some ambient sounds. Okay. Um, so, you know, they've talked about how uh, if you can't fall asleep, you can have your HomePod play some ambient sounds to, to help with that. And then I think we talked about this before, but the Macs in their accessibility settings have some background noises as well like white noise mm -hmm. and you can pick forest or whatever the case may be so uh those kinds of things are worth exploring and then i would also recommend especially for your iphone or your ipad looking into an app called my noise so i don't know if i recommended this before but this is an app that i use and they have a whole bunch of default like tracks like ocean and forest and rainstorm and thunderstorm you know a bunch of those kinds of things yep but I recently found that I can actually customize. So I merged two of their tracks. 
Okay, cool. And yeah, and then you get all of these kind of equalizer controls, right? Where you can say, make the footsteps louder or make the waves louder or the thunder louder, you know, depending on what you've got listed up there. Mm-hmm. But when you merge the two together, then you do a, um, what's it called? It's a, it's a variation. So you can set it to super smooth so it doesn't change a whole lot. But you can go and dial that up so it rotates through the different sounds and mixes thing up, mixes things up a whole bunch. So basically, every time you turn this on, you get something different. So I've got forest and thunder and rainstorms all mixed together. So you'll hear somebody crunching through the forest mm-hmm. with rain falling in the background and the thunder rumbling off in the distance. And then it'll clear up and you can imagine, oh, it just got sunny because then the birds come out and start chir- chirping. Yeah, and yeah. So... Really cool from a background standpoint, if you want something like that to either help you relax or, um, you know, just to have some noise in the background. So that's my noise. Um, great app. Uh, I've really enjoyed it too. So, okay. So I wonder if the, uh, you remember the enterprise D there was a light rumble humming from the, uh, <laughs> from the, the, uh, the warp core that you heard all over the ship. I wonder if someone created that. That background noise. I think I could I can sleep easy to that. You could probably find it. Uh, the other uh, second tip is that Apple's got a back to school promo going right now. So mm-hmm. um, education pricing on everything is usually cheaper, right? On the Macs, it's like a hundred bucks, and yep. just depends on the product that you're buying. So that's that's already benefit number one. And you basically just need a .edu email address yes. in order to qualify for this stuff. So um, but I'll put a link to their back to school promo page in there. It's up to $150 Apple gift card. I mean, they're just going to turn around and have you spend it back in their store, but <laughs> Hey, I mean, um, and if you're looking to send somebody to college or you need a, you know, you've got a kid going into high school and you've got to get them a, a laptop or an iPad. I mean, those are going to be the two big ticket items for this. Um, yes the Macs and the iPads, but um, it's a great opportunity. Not only if they've got their .edu email address, can you get the $100 off or whatever it is on the product, but then you get this gift card that you can turn around and use for anything in either the Apple, I believe it's the either store, because I think all of their gift cards are now merged into yeah. one, right? Either yeah, the so. App Store or the, or the physical store. But just a reminder, we talked about this, and I know that's not today's episode, but they announced the new 15-inch MacBook Air, and the yep. reviews on that are coming out and saying, yep, it's exactly what we thought it would be. It's nothing yep. earth-shattering, but it's the MacBook Air with a bigger screen. So if you are getting a, a, a somebody, a, especially for college, I would say, for this one, but um, if somebody's going to go away to college and you think about the size of a dorm room or an apartment, this may be their only screen. Right? They may mm-hmm. not have a TV. They may not have anything else. So all of their streaming, all of their hopefully FaceTiming their parents, right? all of that kind of stuff <laughs> is want. probably going to be done on this or their phone. So you may want to consider that bigger screen. And it's $200 more. Mm-hmm. There's really no spec difference. The battery's bigger, but because it's a bigger screen, right? it's still the same yeah. battery life. And then they did say that the speakers are slightly improved. Um, but you know, the advice has been, don't buy it for the speaker difference. Cause it's not going to be that much to make a bigger difference. So it's literally, do you want the 13 inch 
or do you want the 15 inch? And this, if they're going to go to school with only two screens, their phone and their laptop, yes, you may really want to consider that 15 inch MacBook Air because it's also super light. It's like 0.5 pounds or 0.6 pounds heavier and than that, the 13 inch. So going in their yeah. backpack, it's it's not going to make it. And they're college kids, right? So they yeah. can carry the extra weight. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not going to make too much of a difference. And you know, like I said, not everyone needs a pro. The MacBook Air has always been my favorite Mac. And uh, yeah, yeah. And with this back to school promo that's going on, you know, that, that 150 bucks that on the gift card can go a long way for apps or, you know, some um, subscriptions too, right? They can do some subscriptions. But spoiler alert, if you're sending your kids to college, they're not going to FaceTime you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not. But. I will also say that uh, that $150 would probably buy him a new pair of AirPods. Oh, Maybe yeah. not the Pros, right? Yeah. But the new Beats, which I know are a little more popular, but um, those new Beats Buds, Beats Studio Buds, are 160 bucks or something like that. So, I mean, really what it's designed to do is to get you to walk in and buy one product and walk out with having spent the gift card yeah. at the same time, <laughs> right? So, and, and probably the extra money that you're saving. From the uh, the discount to spend that too on something else, so they yeah, do, they do exactly. it for a reason. They do it every year, and it's always a good uh, uh, promotion. So, but it's about That's the only tip. time you're going to find any sort of a deal directly from Apple, right? Yeah. I mean, you might be able to find it on Amazon or Best Buy or whatever the case. But if you like to buy directly from Apple, you know, this is this is about the only time you're going to find a really good deal like this. This one and Black Friday is always kind of disappointing. It's never what people expect. Yeah. So always older, older models and stuff like that. So yeah, and always the, a gift the, card. They're not on sale. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Apple put something on pure sale ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so are you ready for the uh, "I told you so" moment? <laughs> yeah, don't. Okay, we we talked about this, and neither of us have done this. At least I haven't. I don't think you have either. No, no, no um, shit. So, for whatever reason, Apple has decided to allow anyone and everyone to install the developer betas, mm-hmm. not the public betas. Those won't come out till July, but the beta they released the day they release these new operating systems, anyone and everyone can install them mm-hmm. for free. Don't do it. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> don't even think about it. So, uh, I found a new... Uh, YouTube channel that I really liked how he was presenting all of the new features. Yeah, one yeah. of the videos really he dropped. Good. Yeah, I sent that to you, right? I mean, yeah. I, I I like it. I really like it. Um, so I subscribed. Um, it's Brandon Butch is his name. Um, mm-hmm. from a YouTube perspective, and um, but anyway, so he's went through and listed out a bunch of these features and a lot of stuff we're going to cover today. I pulled out of one of his videos, but then he said, this is why I hate iOS 17. And it's not iOS 17 that he hates. It's the beta yep. that he hates because it's killing his battery life, which we know is always going to be the case because these are not stable builds. They're constantly doing stuff in the background that they won't do when they, lo- uh, when they release them. His mail won't load at all. And he's using the default Apple mail app. So, crapshoot probably on whether any other mail clients are really going to work or not right just won't load at all 
going into sleep focus, which he does every day, crashes and restarts the device. And then he's got settings issues all over the place where if you set certain settings, you can't ever get back and reset it. Because <laughs> it crashes as soon as you open it. Right. Yep. So every time you open it after you've set that setting uh, is that. So, And it's not consistent from device to device. Like he's having some problems on his 14 Pro, other problems on his 14 Pro Max. Don't install the, deba- the developer betas. Don't install the public betas when they yep. first come out in July. Let us figure out for you when it's quote-unquote safe, and we'll never guarantee it, but yep. let us help you decide when we think they're a little more stable to put these betas on. And I'm tempted. I'm really tempted on some of the iOS and the, the watch features for sure. But, and the watch yeah. beta is way worse because if you screw up your watch, you have to take it into an Apple store. So don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's no easy fix. And, you know, just real quick, let me explain the difference between the developer beta and the public betas, which hadn't been released yet, right? So the typical process goes, Apple releases uh, a, a developer beta, right? And developer, these are the people that are making apps. Um, they make money from their work, you know, uh, professionals like, like Greg and I used to be, you know, where we needed these uh, uh, new features and stuff to prepare our, our users for. Right. So these are people that need to have access to the beta. Right. Not people who want to just play around, see the new features, experiment. And we as long as we, uh, as long as the uh, uh, along with the uh, the developers, we all had separate devices for these. Right. We had devices that uh, we played around with. These weren't our main ones. These weren't the ones our users were contacting us on. Our family members our uh, our daily drivers is what we call these devices. So definitely. If, if you only have one iPhone, you shouldn't be thinking about any betas anyway, right? So right. if you have a, a, a backup one, an older one, you upgrade it and you just have that other one sitting down, then maybe wait around for the, uh, the public beta to, to release. But developer betas, unless you know what you're doing, unless you know what you're getting into, steer clear of all public betas all the time. Yep. Uh, also, too, let me say... The battery life issue is the least of your problems, right? That's the problem yeah. that you want is just battery life issues because for the most part, people can deal with that. Uh, it's usually the last thing that gets fixed. Like literally like September is when battery life issues get addressed. It's not a priority for Apple or developers to try to, to tackle when they're trying to tackle getting all of these other features stable. So if you know you depend on your phone or, or battery life as a main factor for you and you install one of these betas the public or the uh, uh developer the battery life is going to be the last thing that's 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 addressed so yeah just stay away yep. from it yep so okay so that's uh that's our tips for the week let's uh let's yep. jump into our main topic which we were going to talk about uh, uh iOS and then, like I said, later on, guys, if you want to stick around, we're going to jump into the Vision Pro. We're going to talk about some hate and some love for the uh, for the device. But um, just real quick, we have a follow up on some of the uh, the features that we mentioned in the bonus episode last week. Right. So the uh, active noise cancellation that, that we saw really cool, really cool feature that uh, uh, just a reminder, the demo that they showed was a guy walking down the street and he walked by some landscapers. And what they had, like the weed eater going and the blower going, and it kind of lowered that sound so it didn't disturb him. But then someone walked up to him and said, hey, are you going to be at the party later? Talking to him directly. 
and uh it brought that that sound that audio through loud and clear really cool feature unfortunately the only people that are going to get that feature are the people on the latest version of the ipad uh, i'm sorry the airpod pros so this won't be something that comes to uh you know your 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 older models or things like that so wanted to yeah. include that update i'm disappointed well i'm disappointed and okay because i'm gonna buy a new pair because that's yeah. something i want with all of the stuff i do outside that would be huge right like if i'm walking on a trail in the woods and a bear comes up behind me i'd like it to let that sound through thank you very much and let me run away but um it's disappointing because i mean i'm wearing airpods max right now and they're the most expensive headphones that apple sells and they aren't getting them yeah which is crazy so there's something in that newest airpods pro hardware it also probably means we're going to get new airpods max at some point um so yeah, this is a feature I want. I'll be buying new AirPods Pro before, yeah, before too long. Okay, so the next one we had was the um, the standby mode, right? Every phone that has iOS 17 that's getting the update, uh, we're gonna be able to use that. But there's something with the iPhone 14 Pro and the Pro Max called an always-on display, right? And that's it's confusing to me, right? Because this is the the the, uh, <laughs> the the latest phone that I've had that had that has an always on display. So the phone kind of the screen is always on, right? You can always see your time and your notifications. It just kind of dims the screen, but for the most part, the screen is always on. Uh, that's going to be the only version that has that always on display that that's going to always display that information. So it, it'll be a little yeah. different. You'll have to tap to wake it on all the other devices, right? So yeah. if you want to use this just on your nightstand, it'll be similar to your Apple Watch, right? You throw your Apple Watch on a charger on your nightstand, and it goes into that night mode thing if you've got it turned on. Mm -hmm. And then if you tap it, then you can see the time, essentially, yeah. is what you can do. So it's going to be the same thing. I think it'll be fine for a nightstand because, frankly, I don't even want a dim screen on the whole time on my nightstand, right? I want it as dark as I can get it. Mm -hmm. But where I would like to be able to use this is at my desk. And remember, I've got a 12, yeah. so I'm not going to have that always on screen. So if I wanted to just do a quick glance over at my phone and see, you know, what the temperature was outside or something like that, I'd have to actually tap it. And I might as well just raise my wrist and look at it on my yeah. watch yeah. in that case. So I think it's good. Um, I think it'll be a standout feature for anybody with that always on screen but uh it's just another reason for me to get a new phone this fall right yep <laughs> just add it to the list so hopefully hopefully all of the features that we're expecting are hoping you know land on the uh on the 15 so hopefully you'll be upgrading but you know you, you talked about it before there may be a chance that you may hold out and and uh, uh wait for the next one so the journal app, do you have some uh, some information on that? Because I know you were excited about that one. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm also a little confused on the journal app. So uh, the geeky part of this, I'll hold for just a second, but the mm -hmm. journal app should be on the iPad, but it's actually not in any of the betas right now. So nobody's been able to confirm that. Um, but they have been told that it would be there. And so it's coming later this year. So I expect to see it. We may not even see it in the summer betas, right? We may not see it until after. 17 releases in the fall, yeah. um, which kind of is what they did with Freeform, 
right? Last year yes, is it, it did. didn't come out. Came late. So, so I'm excited about that. But the other thing about journals is the big question, because day one, for example, is a huge journaling app. And there's, I've heard both ways. I've heard that day one will be able to take advantage of some of the data that Apple's going to make available to the journal app in the API. And then I've mm-hmm. heard no, right? And so the question is, did they create an app that's going to be better than something like day one because they can pull all of this information that you've had, you know, your health data, your mental health stuff, yes. all that kind of stuff. Or are they creating their own basic app and they're going to make all of that data available for those that want something that's more advanced? Because it's kind of been Apple's MO with most apps, right? Is they create the like calendar, for example. Mm-hmm. For calendar, they create the basic version that you want and they add a few features here and there. Um, but if you just don't need a calendar that bad, you just use the default one. Yeah. But if you want to really use the calendar, most likely you're going to go out and look for something else and all of the calendar features are available to other developers. Um, you know, and so they can make something more advanced like Fantastical, which is what I use. And yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I still am super excited about this one, especially if it's going to allow you to pull in what music you listen to during the day and what friends you interacted with during the day and your mental health stuff and all of those things get pulled in to start giving you a better picture of of what you're really doing without having to remember to write it all down. Yeah. Okay. So, and then next we had the um, interactive widgets. So this is something I'm excited for too. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I see you added a note. There's going to be a play pause button for, for music. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the number one thing I can think of. So I was listening mm-hmm. so I use overcast and Marco Arment's the, developer of Overcast for podcasts, and he also is one of the hosts of ATP. And he was thinking, his app icon actually showed up in this part of the keynote. So he was pretty stoked about that. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> but he believes because of the way he set up his app, it should basically work. He may have to do a little bit of tweaking, but yeah. um, his thought is that the expectation is going to be that any sort of media app is going to have a play pause and what's playing widget, right? That it'll, mm-hmm. that it'll make it available so that I can have that just sitting. Because right now I have the overcast icon. You tap the icon, then you go find your podcast and you hit play, even if you were just playing one. Well, if you've got the widget there, then it should tell you what's playing. Yep. And you'd just be able to hit play and pause. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And... um yeah, and then the other thing I think on interactive widgets, and widgets were everywhere, so that's what we called our episode last week, right? Leave it to widget. <laughs> yeah. And that's come out more and more and more, and um, the developer for Widgetsmith, whose app went viral um, when Apple started allowing people to put widgets on their iPhone home screens, mm-hmm. um, he's going to have his work cut out for him because he's got all kinds of new widgets for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Apple Watch. So he does Widgetsmith, and he does Watchsmith, which we talked about in the Watch episode. And so uh, they were joking around. Some of his friends were joking around that his summer is absolutely ruined. Yeah. Because he's going to be, because he's known as the widget guy now. So he's going to be working to get widgets in all of these places and update his app. So we'll keep an eye on it. I may actually decide that I need to get his, the pro, the subscription to the advanced yeah. stuff for him. But we'll keep an eye on and see what he decides he can do with it because widgets are just 
everywhere, including on the Mac, right? I know this is the mm -hmm. iOS show, but you can put 100 widgets on your Mac home screen, so on your Mac desktop. So yeah, 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 and that'll and be good. But no, I was saying that they make you know accessing information at a glance. It, they make it really easy. So these these interactive ones, I'm I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, and I think you want them for your home stuff, right? Because you do a lot of home con home internet of home your internet of things stuff at home so yeah there yeah, should have a lot of home controls right in these widgets now that's what that's what i'm hoping so i, I make good use of the uh in the control center you know it's it's just a couple of swipes swipe down and you have your favorite uh, uh switches and stuff there but yeah having them right on the home screen uh some of the sensor data and stuff like that um yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that i, I think that i think these these interactive uh, uh widgets for home automation, they're going to be pretty awesome. Fingers crossed, you know. Sometimes, you know, with widgets, I waited months and months and months for some of my favorite apps to update their widgets for the, you know, the new format that they added in iOS 16. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's slow to catch on sometimes. So I'm hoping this will give uh, uh, developers more of an incentive to get these done when they can put it right on the home screen and not in that dock or that smart stack or I forget the name that they call it, but there's like just a certain section that they can update their apps and put it in that in that dock. Now that they can freeform their own, you know, widgets and and you know things like that, I I um I hope this motivates them more. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and then the last follow up item because I'm just gonna do the teaser for next week. Man, the more I see of Watch OS 10, yep the more I want it. So <laughs> the preview for next week's episode, right? We're going to cover all the other OSs, but the one I'm the most excited, you know, to follow up on and put in more information is watch OS 10. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. if I lived closer to an Apple store in case I really screwed it up, uh, I'd, yep. it'd be a major problem <laughs> for me not to, to put that beta on. So I want it and I want it now. It is. I remember the week before, WWDC, you remember we, you were sending me links and things, and I was like, I, I just can't wait to September. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably going to wait to a public beta. I'm not going to do the developer beta. I'm going to keep a close eye on the issues and stuff that comes out, but um, I'm not going to wait till September. So it may, may be, you know, mid to late August, but <laughs> I don't think I can wait. It, it is, uh, I'm with you. Um, the more I hear about it, the more I want it. As soon as one of the podcasters that I trust says I've installed it and been running the public beta for a couple of weeks and haven't had any issues, that's when I'm sure I'll put it on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump into the main topic today. And like we said, uh, this is everything that we didn't cover in uh, uh, the WWDC episode, the bonus episode, and some stuff we did. You know, some stuff we cover, we're just going to go into some, some more details about it. But uh, I think we'll start off with who's getting iOS 17, right? What, what devices are going to be compatible? What, what, what devices are going to be uh, able to, to upgrade? So basically, it's going to be anyone from an iPhone 10s to the iPhone 14 and 15, of course, when, uh, whenever it's released. So I have a bit of a sad announcement. Everyone with the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, as everyone liked to call it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the people who didn't want to jump on board with the Roman numeral, they just call it the iPhone X. But the uh, iPhone 10 uh, won't be getting updated to iOS 17. So 
which I, I remember replying to you like, I'm so surprised because this is still an awesome phone, right? It still leaps and bounds over the, the previous version of the phone, which was the iPhone 8. And um, I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that, that the iPhone 10 is not getting the update. But, you know, don't worry. You're still going to get all of the security updates and things like that, right? Even right. I, I mentioned my, my old iPad Air that's, uh, that we use as our home kit. Uh, and more details on that uh, later too, because they they released some uh, some new architecture for um, home automation that the, the this old iPad won't get. So we may be making some changes here on that. But so you'll still get all of the the security features, uh, bug fixes, and things like that. They're still going to support uh, uh, their current uh, uh, iOS for a while, just no new features for that phone. So those that are getting it, iPhone. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Greg. No, and just, I mean, I know, folks, this isn't the geek section, but the real reason they don't do this is because they just can't pull out enough features yep. and make that many versions of the operating system, right? So they have to cut it off at some point. Otherwise, those with newer phones don't get all this new cool stuff because that yep. hardware just isn't capable of doing some of those things. When we talk about Mac OS, there are a whole bunch of features that I won't get on Mac OS because mm -hmm. I'm not running Apple Silicon. I'm still on an older Intel version of the Mac. So this is actually something you want Apple to do. I know if the 10 is your favorite device and you never want to buy another one, um, that it, it's upsetting, right? You get frustrated yeah. with it. But the reality is if they had to support all of their hardware, there would never be new features. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 does. It sucks for those phones, but because the iPhone 10 was a beautiful phone, you know, we always talk about the uh, the hardware and things, and how I don't I don't have a case on my phone because I I love the way these devices look, and the uh, iPhone 10 was a it was a looker. It was a really good looking phone. So, eh, but if you're on the 10, you know, I I know we said in in one of the previous episodes we talked about some of this technology you can keep for years and years and years, um, but. Unfortunately, you just won't get the updates. So uh, if you're thinking about considering updating, you know, you'll still be able to get good functionality out of the phone. But whenever it doesn't get the latest features and things like that, that may be a good time to start considering it. So um, but 10S, uh, 10R, which I'm surprised, you know, it's, it's still getting the, the updates too. Um, the uh, 12, 13, all of the pros, all of the, the minis. All of the Maxis, uh, they're all getting the updates. So, uh, and as far as I can tell, they're getting all of the features too, right? So the set, uh, all of the devices that are getting iOS 17 are getting all of the features, right? They're not leaving off some things on, on some devices and things like that. So uh, as far as I can tell, there may be some news that come out. Uh, there may be some betas that, that get released that are, Hey, I'm missing this feature on this phone, but it's appearing on this. Right. It's appearing on this phone. So, and we're still a week out, right? We, we're we're still a week out from the developer beta being released. So, um, a lot of that can well, change. Well, they've got the but, first version of the developer beta, but we don't have version yeah. two. So that actually yeah. should drop probably this week. They were thinking that the second mm -hmm. developer beta would drop this week, and it's about an every two week cycle until they get super super close. So, I wouldn't. I don't think we're going to know which devices fully are going to get which features until the public betas come out. Yeah. Because then you get a whole bunch of other people saying, well, I have this phone and I have this phone and I have this one. And 
that's usually when that stuff starts to yeah, to really yeah. come out. But again, and, and we'll let everyone know. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, the uh, the the that's who's getting the uh, the uh, update so far. You know, if, if things change, we'll let everyone know. But uh, basically, from the uh, the uh, 10s all the way up to the 14 Pro Max, uh, uh, you're getting iOS 17. So let's talk about some of the big features. And, and like I said, we covered a lot of this in the, uh, in the bonus episode last week, but that was mostly hot takes, uh, uh, a lot of uh, more details. We've had a chance to sit down and, and dive a little deeper into some of these features. So um, um, some of the big features that came out was check-in, right? So this was the, uh, the features who, that were like with families, uh, or gatherings or friends gathering or someone leaving the, the restaurant or something and say, hey, text me when you get home. So this is a feature Apple added in to where the phone will be able to automatically tell someone, right? <laughs> Taking that yep. responsibility of you not coming home and crashing and forgetting to let your mom know that you made it home. Now uh, the map, uh, and I'm assuming it's with the Find My uh, 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 you know, software and things that they use. Yeah. Um, but it's going to automatically let someone know that you made it home or that you made it through some, uh, um, well, you know, made it to your destination. And if you didn't make it into the time that, that you set, you'll be able to, um, it'll be able to say, hey, so-and-so hadn't made it and um, uh, send the, uh, your loved one a notification with that. So really cool feature that uh, uh, some more details have came out about that. And I think it's pretty nuanced as to what data you can share. I think I heard somebody say that you can share things like battery status on your phone and, you know, some of those kinds of things too. So it isn't just, I left and I arrived, right? Which would be good in and of itself, but it's more nuanced than that. So definitely something I'm going to play with. Um, There's definitely some areas that we travel in Utah, which is a little more rural than Houston. um, That uh, it'd be nice to, you know, even with my kids, you know, if, Wyatt's going away to school and he's home for the weekend and decides at, you know, midnight to drive back to school, right? It'd be nice for him to just turn that on and us know when he gets back there. So Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That's gonna be something that we use here in, in, in our household. So Greg, that was actually a couple of things on your wish list that you got this year from WWDC. A few things. Both of us uh we got things that we wanted. But uh AirTag Sharon was one of the things that, that you mentioned before yeah. that uh that you got. So I'm super excited about this. I mentioned before that it'd be nice to be able to share these air tags, and my wife and I both have air tags in our e-bikes, and you know I've got them on my wallet and my keys, and Dustin's got it on his violin and some other stuff. And but the problem is that you can't share those; only you can see them. And I know there's a whole bunch of privacy features associated with that. And my wish was, let me be an adult and decide <laughs> who I want to share these with. And so that's what they've done. Um, you're going to be able to share your AirTag with up to five people, which is plenty, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, my wife and I will be able to go in and cross-share our AirTags and um, our kids as well, if they're on their keys or the wallet or whatever the case may be. It just makes it yeah. easier. Um, you know, if somebody says, hey, I think I left my wallet at home, and but I'm the one that's at home, then I should be able to use the find feature for their air tag, right? And have yes. it walk me straight up to wherever the the air tag is. So this is great. Uh this is super smart. Um and I don't worry about controls, right? About security and privacy since it's Apple that did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, the next big feature we had was um, was FaceTime with Apple TV. So we're going to cover more of this when we talk about um, uh, TVOS, right? Because this, this is more of a TVOS, uh, TVOS thing than an Apple TV thing. But you'll be able to have FaceTime calls <clears throat> using your Apple TV, right? So you can put this in the living room. Uh, put your phone. You have to use your phone. You can't use an external webcam, but you can use your phone to FaceTime. And um, everyone can sit around on the, uh, on the sofa and, and, and uh, have this FaceTime call. So more details to come on that. We can give some use cases and stuff when we talk about TVOS. But just thought we'll mention it because it is uh, one of the new features. So now we can, we can jump into the, uh, the changes that we didn't talk about or we didn't uh, go into details about much on the, the bonus episodes. So we'll have a link to TechCrunch's uh, list that of uh, everything that didn't get announced on the stage. It didn't get any any stage time, as we were calling it. But uh, they, it did come out later that week uh, during WWDC. So the first one I got was changes to the uh, the music and the podcast, uh, some cosmetic changes and some uh, some actual functional changes, too. So this is a big deal for me because I actually use the music app and the podcast app. I know you use Overcast. Uh, I know you. It was news to me hearing that you use Fantastic Cal too. So um, I'm going to add in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, the uh, the topics uh, uh, list things that we don't use that are native Apple apps because I'm, I was surprised to hear that you use that. Uh, but I use the native podcast app. Um, I really love it. I love the interface. I love the way it looks, and it's just going to get better. Right. The uh, album art is going to be more of a full screen kind of kind of like those uh, contact posters that we talked about. Right. It's going to mm -hmm. be full screen album art, some animated album art too, or cover art um, for some uh, music albums and stuff like that. Really cool. It, it, it looks awesome, guys. Um, and I think if they move that kind of stuff into these widgets. So think if you had yes. your iPhone 14 Pro Max sitting on a charger on your desk and you're playing some music from it and yep. you've got interactive album art that's part of your standby mode that'd yeah, be really cool. yeah that's it's gonna look really cool the album cover now on the lock screen looks really cool now you know as it is now before remember it was just a little square with, with yeah. the, <laughs> and now it yep. is a good and the color of the uh thing kind of blends with the screen it looks really good now and it's only going to get better so i, I think that kind of UI change, the user interface change, the visual changes mm -hmm. are everywhere, right? Yes. I mean, they're they're trying to make things blend more, make things more visual. That's kind of the theme of the Apple Watch is everything's more visual and less black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Less um less formal, a little more casual, a little more fun. Um so I like that because I do these devices are very very personal. Yes. Right? And so the more fun we can incorporate into their usefulness. You know, this is about getting the most out of life out of tech, right? Yes. I don't want to just be productive with my tech, but I want to have fun with my tech. So these kinds of user interface changes, I think are great to just make things more fun, but yet still be completely functional and efficient at the same time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So speaking of function, so being able to crossfade between songs. So it's been years since I've listened to music on a Mac. But I remember when they added this feature in, into iTunes years ago, years ago, uh, it was really cool to be able to, you know, not have that that gap and, in, in, you know, that silence between the, right. the end of a song and the beginning of another one. So you'll be able to crossfade almost like, you know, you have a personal DJ playing your music library to you. Uh, that is going to be really cool. So 
I'm pretty sure that feature still on the Mac. Like I said, I hadn't I hadn't listened in years, but I remember it being a big deal back in the day. So to see this finally years later make it to the uh, to iOS, um, I, I think uh, I'll get some use out of that too. I think people are gonna like that feature. Uh, I think that's gonna be yeah. an underrated feature that's coming out. I don't know if I'll turn it on or not. We'll really, see. I'll have to see how it works. Right? I mean, I haven't had it for so long that yeah. Um, We'll see. But a couple of these others, like you mentioned, animated co- cover art, I'm excited about that to mm-hmm. kind of have that playing somewhere. So, and the other one we've got listed on here are the collaborative playlists. So, um, we probably ought to talk about this at some point because I've, yes. on my Apple Music profile, I've actually published a whole bunch of my playlists. Okay. And so, people that follow me on Apple Music can get to those playlists. And, um, you know, my sister's the biggest one that pulls my playlist because. There's certain kinds of music that I listen to that she likes. Like I've, I make a new Christmas playlist every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I always pull old songs over, but then I'm adding new stuff in. And then, you know, for some of our church playlists and stuff like that. So, um, so this is a new great thing where we could actually collaborate and say, hey, this year this is going to be our 2023 family Christmas playlist. Everybody has access to go throw songs that they found mm-hmm. for Christmas for this year into that and again it's just another it's another fun thing like i would like to be able to pull that into my journal at the end of the year and say hey here's the playlist that we all made and dustin added these songs and wyatt added these songs and karen added these songs so okay yeah yeah so i I was just introduced through that to that you know collaborating on playlists like two weeks ago you know what I mean? I remember mentioning in a previous episode that I don't listen to Spotify. I still listen to Pandora. Well, I had to download and create an account for Spotify to collaborate on this playlist with someone, one of the market hosts that, that uh, we do markets with, um, uh, wanted to add some more music and stuff to it. Well, and I, I approached him like, hey, we need to add some more. You know, we need some Rick James, <laughs> some Earth, Wind and Fire on this playlist that you're playing every week. And that's the type of music that he plays. So. Uh, I created one to collaborate with him. So being able to do this in Apple Music, yeah, I didn't. I was just introduced to this this whole world of of being able to collaborate on playlists. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing other people's music tastes and stuff like that. It's uh, right. and building a, a a a playlist for everyone and working with someone else on that. You know, so really cool. Shout out to Chris too if you're listening. They uh they host markets here around uh, uh the Houston area, really good markets, and uh, they play really good music and stuff like that. So it was it was cool working with them on that. So the next thing we have, and and we're just gonna run down the list. We'll we'll list some things off, and and um uh we'll we'll talk about them briefly. And uh, if there's anything too that we we mention it, if you guys want to hear more about it, just uh, reach out to us. Let us know on the on the the uh instagrams and the uh, uh the facebooks and things like that and uh we'll we'll be able to to dive deeper into that so photos is now going to recognize your pets uh well uh, uh, not just pets in general but it's it's going to be able to recognize your pets right and the thing everyone says it's like your dog is part of the family why isn't it recognized you in the in the photos we're not a pet family we used to be but uh, uh, we don't have one. But I know this is a big deal for some folks. Yeah, if you want it, if you want to go search for 
instead of searching for pictures of all dogs, any picture of a dog you've ever taken, you can go search for a picture of your dog and just get those pictures. So that's a good advance. I mean, it's just training the system, right? So it makes sense that they would do this. Yeah, yeah. So blurry and sensitive images. So we talked about how sleaze bags were airdropping inappropriate material to everyone on the bus or the train or, or the plane or, or, you know, just out in public. So now part of that extra layer of security that Apple's been working on to protect people from this is um, now it'll blur the image out and it'll give you a prompt saying, hey, this image is inappropriate. Do you want to see it? You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, just an added layer of uh, security for, for folks out there. And, and, you know, most people don't know that this was a thing. It actually made national headlines on several yeah. you know, occasions that people were really doing some really perverted things. Um, and, and we were helpless, you know, uh, until Apple right. added these, uh, these uh, extra security steps in. And, and they did some things with iOS 16 where they added to where you can um, turn on the receive from everyone for like 15 minutes or, or something like that. It had a time limit to it. And then yeah. it switches it back to only your contacts only. So whenever you want to receive something from someone, uh, you have to actually tell it, hey, I want to receive this from this stranger and, and not. So, yeah, just an add. And this is, you'll be able to turn this on and it's not Apple judging. I think the message that it pops up says this may be a sensitive image. Um, and then you can tap and see it if you choose to. And it's a setting you have to turn on. I don't mm -hmm. know if they'll have it on by default or not, but it's something that you can go on and turn on and say, yes, do this, because it'll also affect messages and other places as well, right? So they're just doing yeah. some analysis on your phone, not in the cloud, but in some analysis on your phone that says there may be some nudity, for example, in this picture. Do you really want to see it? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's great. And sort of like Twitter and Instagram too, I believe, it has a where you know, it blacks that screen out and says this is sensitive. And you click on it whether you want to see it or not. So, yeah, yeah, good change, good change. <clears throat> okay, password and passkey sharing. This is yeah. uh, uh, this is big for me. So, I'm on a password. Sh I, I mean, using a password, um, password vault like One Password, LastPass. You know, Apple's keychain, this kind of stuff, I think is super important with all the passwords we have out there. If you don't have one of these, what you end up doing is using the same password everywhere. And then yeah. as soon as that password gets compromised, I mean, everything you have is compromised. Yes. So, but one of the struggles with most of these others, they have family vaults, right? Where I can go in and I have my passwords that are just mine, but I have a whole bunch like, that Disney account and those kinds of things that are shared with my wife and anybody else at home so they can just go get those passwords mm -hmm. whenever they need them. And so this is now Apple saying, okay, in Keychain, you can have yours, but then you can also share those passwords and passkeys, which are not passwords. These are the biometrics, right? Where you're able to just say, here, use Face ID or whatever it is to uh, uh, log you into certain websites. So this is the ability to share those with your family. So um, my current password manager, I'm not thrilled with how it functions on the Mac. They've had some issues. Okay. And so I think this comes out, this probably pushes me to move everything back into Apple because I'm in the Apple ecosystem and it's just going to yeah. work so much better than any third-party app, no matter how good the third-party app is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So auto deletion of the two-factor authentication messages. So <laughs> I put in here, I have a confession, right? I, I, we, can, we can be honest with each other on here. I didn't know we were supposed to be deleting that. <laughs> and one of the, 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 the videos you sent, uh, it was the one we were uh, talking about earlier, right? The, uh, the, uh, Brandon, uh, the YouTuber. Uh -huh. So he was saying that this was a big problem for him and he always had, would have to go through and delete all of these messages. I didn't know this was an issue. Like, <laughs> I probably can scroll back through some of my history and find some of these. So I know I'm a tech guy. I should be all up on all of the security and stuff. But I think I was under the impression that after a certain time, that key was useless. So why do they are? Those keys okay. are useless, but the reason you delete them is because otherwise you end up with your messages inbox loaded yeah. with these message threads, yeah. right? And so, and then the history of those message threads, because most of these companies use the same number to send them out every single time. So yeah, the keys go away. They're usually only good for like 10 or 15 minutes. That's okay. not the problem. It's just the clouding up the messages and taking up space right, on your device and all of those kinds of things. Okay. Um, and, you know, I mean, we both have business and personal accounts. I mean, I use two-factor a dozen times a day, maybe, Yeah. right, to get into stuff. So, because I've turned two-factor on for almost everything. Anything that'll support it, I've got two-factor on. So yeah. this is just going to, if it's auto-filled through Apple's infrastructure, you can just have it say, well, delete it when I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Well, a good feature to have. So it's more of a space saving thing than, than yeah. a security yep. thing. Okay. I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have crosswords and many crosswords in news. Uh, yeah. For the five people that actually go into news every day. And actually I use <laughs> news a little more, but uh, if you're into crossword puzzles, I guess you'll have crosswords and many crosswords in there. Uh, it yeah. is. So. Yeah. yeah. It, that'll be there for you. So grocery list sorting. Yeah, we use uh, reminders for our grocery list because I've got two adult kids and my mm -hmm. wife and I at home. And what's cool about this one, and I showed this to my wife, she's like, oh, that'll be great because I think it'll help you know what you got to get in the same section of the grocery store is if yeah. you put a fruit, it puts it in the fruit category. If you put in a vegetable or it's probably fruits and vegetables, right? But it basically starts to sort your list instead of the order that you put it on there, yeah. puts it into categories, which will be much more useful to be able to see and not duplicate things on the list when you've got so many people putting it in on the grocery list. It's just a new type of list. It's either a regular list or it's a grocery list. If it's a grocery list, it sorts it. Yep. Yep. I like that. I think we'll use that a lot more too. I have so the grocery list, but they're for Home Depot and Lowe's and, and Walmart and we have all of we have them broken down by store and we just add, hey I need that, we'll add it to the list. So it'll be good to be able to sort that. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be able to, uh, we'll, we'll make use of that, that feature too. So, um, we'll be able to toggle some settings like, uh, like Wi-Fi directly from search. So I'm not sure how this is going to work. I, I didn't really see much, you know, details on, on coming from that, but so you'll be able so, to just type in Wi-Fi and turn it off there. Yeah. So what they've done, I think this is related to shortcuts is that they've surfaced shortcuts into Spotlight, so the search. So if you search for an app and it's got associated shortcuts with it, 
mm-hmm. not only will the app show up, but the shortcuts for it would show up as well. So in theory, if I search for Wi-Fi, I may get the Wi-Fi setting mm-hmm. icon or in my search results, but I may also get the toggle to just go ahead and turn it off straight from there. So it's okay. not just that, but it's like any app, I'm assuming um, Overcast has shortcuts. So if you search for Overcast, it may pull up the top shortcuts for Overcast as well, which was resume play or you okay. know whatever the case may be. So just being able to do more straight from the search, you know, when you pull down from the middle of the screen, type it in and you'll get more options there. And I've seen that uh, with multiple searches um, so far. Okay. Next, we have recurring Apple Cash payments. So I, I see the note here that it's good for things like allowance and, and uh, rent sharing and things like that. This is a really cool feature to be able to, to, uh, to schedule these uh, uh, recurring payments and stuff just with Apple Cash. Really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the new uh, menu for the stickers and stuff and messages. So these were some of those changes to, to iMessage that we talked about. So there's going to be a new menu for stickers and things like that. And also the apps. Remember, we told you they're going to be in like an app tray now instead of that bar across the underneath the the, the chat window. Uh, there was a bar that you scrolled through all of your apps and stuff. Now they'll all be dumped in that tray. You hit the icon. It gives you a pop up and you select it. I think that's going to function a lot better than than how we currently have it. Right. Scrolling through that little. I never liked that update. Um, it was always. It was always a hassle trying to scroll through all the way to the end of the list to, to get what you're looking for. So, yeah, I think this this uh, app tray is going to work a little better. So and, and that also includes this new menu for the stickers and stuff. Right. Yep. So. Um, let's see. Something you oh. and I use a lot, swipe over to reply to a message. Right. So instead of having to tap and hold and then hit reply, you'll actually just swipe from left to right on the message that you want to reply to. And it'll pop up the reply window. You and I use that all the time. We do. And and my brothers and my and the group chat and my uh, my other family members group chats. It's always hard trying to reply to that one person um, after everyone else chimes in on something. And and just to make that whole process easier. Yeah, we, we use that a lot. This is a welcome change. And uh, Messages got some pretty good changes this year, uh, I, I think. Yeah. Instead of just some, uh, some visual changes, I think it's going to function a lot better. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Agreed. those changes. So, um, oh, no more hey S-word for right. uh, uh, calling, uh, uh, invoking your, uh, your digital assistant. Now you can just say yeah. Siri. And not just that. You can turn it on or off. Yep. Um, so, which is good, but you know, the biggest concern is how often are you going to get a false activation on this? But it sounds like what they've done, and this is again from reports that I've read. We haven't tested it. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like what they've done is is once you say Siri, then it keeps listening, mm-hmm. and if it's something that you would ask the assistant to do, then it's going to respond. If you if it, that just comes up as you're speaking. And then yes. it's not really something you would ask it to do. It doesn't respond. So, you know, you are going to say it's probably going to listen a little more than it has in the past. Fine. Right. It's all secure. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. But uh, they said the false activations are not nearly as bad. Um, and I'm also hearing that that it's gotten better overall, that you get better answers now. 
And so, cause that's one of the biggest frustrations is I don't care how I invoke the digital assistant. If the digital assistant isn't very smart, it doesn't do me any good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. None at all. So, so, and, and hopefully uh, along with some of these improvements, all those backend improvements to the voice recognition, right? Because we can say, oh, you know, if any, if someone's talking about Siri in a room, is your device going to be going off? No, it should be able to recognize your voice. Like, like I can't right. talk to my wife's phone because it knows that I'm not her. When, when I say my phone device, you know, my, my device answers and vice versa. Mine doesn't come on when, when she says it because it, it recognizes her voice. So hopefully all of that, uh, that background stuff has improved too. And not just, you know, the responses that it gives. Uh, and, and, you know, when Greg keeps saying that everything is secure and on device, um, when it listens to you and it's listening a little longer to see if you're talking to it or giving it a command, it's done on, on, on the device versus Amazon listening to me through, you know, through the uh, yeah. uh, Alexa devices and things like that. So uh, a little bit of a, a difference in how the, uh, uh, the, the, um, these, these uh, voice assistants are, are managing your, your, your voice recordings, um, you know, things that you say to it. Um, this one's done on the device. Part of it is done, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the cloud for when you don't have, you know, uh, cellular signal and things like that. But it's all secure. No one's listening to what you tell Siri to turn around and sell you a product or something yeah. like that. So right. that's that's the difference that we always have to uh, we have to, uh, you know, address when we talk about these different digital assistants. So. But, yeah, good uh, uh, improvements coming to Siri and um, um, hopefully we'll be able to you know, get some good usage out of that. So Jason, um, should we power through the rest of our list? Cause yeah, you yeah know, we, as we always, kinda, we kind of ran, we ran pretty long, uh, uh beforehand. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll shoot through it. So lock screen customizations. That's a good one. You'll be able to change the font. So it's, it reminds me more of how we, um, change the, uh, watch faces and stuff on the watch. Right. Yeah. More, more custom customizations from the home screen and not having to go, through settings and all of that. So more wallpaper yep. options, uh, multiple timers. So this is a feature that, you know, I didn't realize we didn't have because, uh, you know, Alexa uh, manages, uh, I'm sorry, uh, everyone. I know I keep saying it, but she manages the house, right? We don't serious more for like quick stuff, things like that. But, uh, when we need multiple timers is when we're doing stuff and we need to do stuff hands-free, right? Whenever I use a timer on my phone or on my watch, I only need that one timer. So I never realized that we didn't have multiple timers. <laughs> yeah. And so. Apple made fun of this, made fun of themselves with this even. So they know that they should have had this a long time ago. So they made a joke about it on stage. So, But yeah, you can have multiple timers now. Yeah. So uh, some changes to Control Center. Um, you'll be able to ping your watch from your yeah. phone instead of vice versa. Have you ever needed to... Have you ever had your watch and needed? I, my, I mean, I don't... <laughs> my watch lives on my wrist, and uh, but the other one in here is the new now playing, right? A little better album art in the now playing when you go into control center. Which I would, if I'm gonna have a widget, I won't won't care about this so much in control center. But yeah, more changes there. So uh, tons of UI changes as usual. Um, they're you know always always tweaking it always making things better making things smaller relocating things 
you know, not to confuse you, but just to streamline your processes and things like that. So that one's always good. Um, more prompts on what apps, what, what, um, well, a, a reminder of the data that, that apps have been accessing, right? So I think one of the um, demos, uh, one of the examples that I saw was like, hey, Maps have, has been, uh, Google Maps has been using your location for the last six months. Do you still want to do this or, or, or not? And you can say yes or no, only while I'm using the app, uh, just this one time or something like that. Because some, some of these settings, people just breeze through because they're trying to use the app and they don't realize that, hey, you know, the Instagram app has been tracking me for the last, you know, for the last half of the year. I didn't realize this. I thought I only wanted right. to upload this picture at the time. So good change there. Yep. Just a reminder of what what information we're sharing. Uh, storage space, you'll be able to get more data of what's taken up the storage space in your phone instead of that that generic bar that just said um, <clears throat> what it said. You have to remind me it's the whatever the purple one is. It's just like. You yeah. know, it lumps all the different data together and you don't know whether or not this is app data or or important information or whatever. You just know that it's three gigs on your phone. That's just, you know, you can't have access to. So more data there. And that's always good to know. Uh, hand gestures and FaceTime. <laughs> what do you think about this, Greg? Yeah, I, I see your note in here. So if I do a double thumbs up while I'm on FaceTime, it's going to put a little, you know, Memoji or emoji or something yeah. emoji up on the screen. Yeah, I'll never use this. Yeah, this is gonna. My prediction is this is gonna be the most forgotten feature <laughs> by the end of this year. It's so gimmicky. No one does that hard thing except for you know young ladies and and the Astro shortstop, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when we used to do Zoom calls during the pandemic, my wife and my kids would do that. The kids that weren't at home, so. Whatever, I, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, yeah. So no big deal. The uh, follow-up reminders for medication. Now, this is something that I could have used this weekend, right? Yesterday, as a matter of fact. Forget to take my medication. I'm nowhere near where I can take it, right? So I have to wait till I'm home later that evening to take it. And by that time, I've, I've already forgotten. So it's already, yeah. I'll, I'll just take it tomorrow. Uh, so these uh, follow-up reminders. Um, as a welcome feature. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm OCD about my notifications being clear. Mm -hmm. But like last night, I was at my mom's when my evening medication reminder went off and I wasn't home for another hour and a half. Yep. And so my OCD doesn't like having notifications sitting there staring at me on my watch or whatever, right? For mm -hmm. two hours, I would rather it just go away and then come back in an hour, right? Yep. Or give me the option to say, remind me in an hour. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, and and that's, I think that's what I want too is to just be able to say, hey, just remind me later, or you know, remind me in a few hours, and it comes back up. So, uh, better embedded PDF functionality and collaboration. So, uh, like I mentioned before, we talked about this last week. Greg and I use the uh, the Notes app. Any improvements are welcome, right? Any yep. anything that's going to make it better. I love using Notes. Uh, it's gotten way better than it was before. It was just basically, uh, what do they call that? The text editor, <laughs> you know, from yeah. Microsoft. That's all it basically was. And I would say the last, you know, from um, I was 15 till, till now, it's, it's improved so much that, uh, that I really love it. So um, Fitness Plus, uh, there's going to be customized fitness plans. 
Yep. So you'll be so, able to go in and say, hey, I want to do three core exercises this week. I want to do three cardio exercises this week and be able to build a fitness plan from. And I haven't looked at all the details. We do okay. use, I've used Apple Plus. It just depends on what season is in. I tend to use it more in the winter mm-hmm. when I can't get outside. But yeah, this is cool. Okay. More focus on fitness. So I've, I've led in three trials, you know, to give you the three month trial when you buy, I've led in those go, but I got back in the gym yesterday. So maybe I'll see if I, if I have another trial, I'll start up the, the fitness trial to see, but never, never made any use of it. So offline maps was another one. Um, that's something that I'm going to use. I do use it on, on Google maps. So to be able to use that on Apple maps, uh, I, I do, I keep a map downloaded of the uh, North side of Houston. And then I have a, a complete, uh, Houston map. So yeah. I'm going to use that. Uh, you mentioned it too, that you'll be able to, to um, use it at some campsites and things like that, where you just don't have good yeah, signals. I hope so. You'll be able to be able to be able to use that. So, okay. Uh, lock screen widgets for shortcuts. This, yeah. Uh, so you remember all the launcher apps that there used to be, right? That you would yeah. put, I just want one place to launch my apps. Well, right now on the lock screen, like on your phone, you can't put a shortcut there that launches an app. Mm-hmm. But in iOS 17, you there's a shortcut widget because there's not a shortcut widget on your lock screen right now. There will be a shortcut widget, which means if you've programmed a shortcut to launch an app, like I have that assigned to my the action button on my Ultra, mm-hmm. so for my Work Outdoors app, so I could actually put a widget on my lock screen and launch an app straight from my lock screen. So you tap to wake, you tap on the shortcut, and the app is launching instead of having to go in and find the app. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned underrated features earlier. I think this is one that probably should have deserved some stage time, at least a brief mention, um, because I think this is underrated. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of use out of this. Really, really cool. Feature. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting the 15 in the fall and I'm probably going to start from scratch. So we'll kind of document my journey of yeah starting from scratch with a new phone because um, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. The only reason you don't start from scratch is if you just don't want to go through the hassle and the passwords, right? I mean, that's the the bigger mess of everything. But I'm most likely going to start from scratch. So I'm going to play with all the settings, play with all the new lock screen stuff. Because, again, I'm on a 12. So I'm missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the last one I have is um, um, you can see activity history in the home app. So I don't know how detailed this is going to be. But basically, you'll be able to see who's coming in and out, who's unlocking and locking the other uh, front door, who's opening and closing the uh, the garage. You'll be able to get a list to see who who actually initiated that that lock and unlock. Also, contact sensors. So if you use things like the ones that go on windows, uh, people put them on like the pet's doors to see when they're to be notified when their dogs are going in and out. Uh, um, you'll be able to to have a detailed history of that information too, which is which is useful. I always like to see who's coming and going. Um, there's, you can actually give everyone their own uh, a passcode to come in and out. Um, uh, my wife and I, we share one, but like the kids and uh, other family members, they have their own uh, uh, passwords. Also, uh, I had plenty of news this week, but there was a smart lock, a newer version of the one that I have that uh, I'll include next week. And I'll talk about some new features and stuff with that. But you will be able to give temporary passcodes to someone so if you have a family member coming over you can give them a passcode it's only going to work for that one day you know so uh, a really cool feature on that but you'll be able to see who's coming and going um uh, once the uh, home app is updated 
So also it's going to require that new architecture that I talked about. We hadn't done our home uh, our home automation uh, uh, episode yet. We'll talk about those new architectures and stuff like that. But uh, you're going to have to update and so optional update, but you're going to have to update to be able to take advantage of some of these new features in iOS 17. So but more on that to come when we talk about home automation. So anything else you wanted to add, Rick? I know we, we kind of breezed through those last Not for now. Lessons. We could go on and okay. on and on yeah. and on, yeah. but we probably shouldn't. All right. Well, so there you have it, folks. I know we uh, <laughs> we we can't go on and on uh, about just iOS. We, we left out a, a lot of stuff that we wanted to cover, but um, just to save you folks some time. So, um. But uh, that's what you have to look forward to with iOS 17 It's releasing this fall. <clears throat> now, the one thing I wanted to mention is Apple works on Apple's timeline, right? So people are going to be saying, oh, you're going to see this early September. You're going to see this, you know, uh, September 15th or whatever. In the past, they um, it's released anywhere from September 12th to like October 3rd, like that first week in October or something. So just take any any release dates with a grain of salt. No one knows when Apple's going to release stuff. Also, too, I wanted to mention any of these features that we mentioned, if it's not ready or if it's not right, they'll, they're, they're going to try to keep their timeline right. They said this fall, which which usually means like that last week in September, mid to late September. If anything is not ready, Apple's going to pull it out. They're going to pull it out and they're going to release it in a, in a later update to iOS. So any of these features that we talked about, you know, and you say, oh, that's the feature I want. I'm looking forward to it. And if it's not there September 20th or so when you update, don't worry. It'll come at a later date. They'll release iOS 17.2 and they'll add in all of these features. So, um, yeah, Apple, Apple does Apple. They, they work on their own timeline and they only release stuff when it's ready. So just uh, get your hopes up. But, you know, don't be surprised if, if something that you're looking for is not there. Also, too. Uh, and I know we're we're running out of time here, but a lot of these visual changes, they they evolve as the betas come out. So something that looks a certain way now won't look that way in September. You know, it won't look that way when when it's when it's released in the fall. So um, just, you know, just a note, just keep that in mind. It, it It's still in beta and beta means beta. Beta means that they're working on it. This is not a finished product. It's not ready to ship. It's not even ready for the general public yet. So everything will change. Fonts change. Locations of menus change. Menus get restructured. Things like that. So, but yeah, yeah. But there you have it, folks. That that's all we have today for the uh, for the main show. You ready to 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 geek out, Greg, and and talk about this uh, Vision Pro? Yeah. So uh, you know, if if you're not interested in anything more on the headset, just don't forget to do the subscribes. You know, all of those kinds of fun things that we have and. I don't know, Jason, we still haven't come up with a cool podcast closing for the regular show, have we? No, no. Well, you just said it. That's it. Our cool podcast <laughs> closing. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Talk to you next week. All right, folks. So now if you stuck around and listened, that that means you're just like us and you love this stuff. So this is the part of the show where we get extra geeky and we do a deep dive into a topic. Right. So WWDC just finished. This is the follow up episode. So we want to talk more about this VR headset.
right? And a lot of people aren't sold on it. Like I said, I took the time to watch both sides. The people that love it, they're, they're excited for the future. They're excited for what this, what, this, what this has in store for us. They already have their $3,500 in their hand. They're going to hold it until the release date. And then I watched some of the other side too. Some people that are a little clickbaity, right? These people, they love to jump on the controversy, right? If everyone says they love something, I want to make a video saying I hate it just to get those views and stuff like that. And it works out for some people. So, but before we jump in, I had a question for you, Greg, because I'm not sure uh, if you give us a baseline of where you add on all of this. Have you used any VR or AR headsets, whether it be for gaming or anything like that? Now, if I've tried one, I don't remember it. So, and, okay. and I'll tell you why mm -hmm. I saw this. The reason I haven't, I'm just not that big into gaming like that. So, yes. Um, I mean, I've heard about Beat Saber and there's another one called, there's another exercise one that looked pretty cool. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to look it up, mm -hmm. but they're hoping that that ports over as well. I would consider using it for that kind of stuff first, yeah. but I don't, I'm all about productivity and I spend a lot of time outdoors, right? I mean, that's my yes. passion is outside doing stuff. So I just haven't had a use case where I could even consider doing that. I mean, I'd rather buy an OLED switch, right? Yes. Than, than a, a gaming headset. Okay. So, and this is, this is what I was wondering. And the reason why, and, and so we talked about, you know, you talked about outdoorsy and stuff like that. And we mentioned about the headband, the strap that goes on there. There has to be a sport version of it. And the reason why I said that is because I have my PlayStation VR. We're not using it. It's, it's, it's in the garage. I, uh, I was going to put it in a box and ship it to you. That way you can get some, some experience if you have the time to uh, just play around with it and see because I want you to, to see things like having that weight on your head, right? You you mentioned um, having your you can only wear those uh, the um, the AirPod the the, the uh, studios that you have for a certain amount of time. This is no different. So having that, even if you're just fully in, in, immersed in the game and you love it so much, I can only get an hour and a half, maybe two hours of gameplay before I have to take. A little short break, right? Um, also, too, the motion sickness. I've never experienced motion sickness before to where when I was experiencing it, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on. I'm in the room. I'm like, I have to turn on the fan. I have to, why do I feel so hot? And, I, and when I finally, you know, looked into it more, I was experiencing motion sickness. Never had it my whole life until I was playing certain games with the, uh, the VR. So uh, we'll talk about that more after. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to send it to you to play around with it and, and, uh, just, you know, just so you can get an idea of being in that. I'm going to tell you, don't worry about it. So here's the thing, right? Cause here's a couple of things. One, at some point, let's talk about the R1 chip, which is the other chip that's in this thing that's supposed to help yes. with latency and motion sickness and stuff like that. It's yeah. never going to mitigate yeah. it completely. If the game isn't, or in the application isn't written correctly, it's not going to make a difference whatever hardware is in there because you're just still going to yeah. get sick right i mean they use the example of working on a spreadsheet versus flying a starfighter through a canyon right i mean those are very yeah. different experiences on the same hardware but the the one of the reasons why i haven't and i don't even think i would pull yours out of the box so i would i don't want to waste your time 
um, is I'm not going to game on this, right? I'm yeah. just not. The only thing I may be willing to do with that is try and watch a movie. But um, what nobody's ever come out and convinced me is that I can do my work in a virtual environment, right? And so yes. I, I mentioned this to my sister yesterday. I showed her part of the MKBHD video. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, but think about editing because she's a photographer. I said, think about editing your photos on this and being able to use your finger. And she went, oh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so she's like, I better pay off the new camera I just got fast because all of a sudden she <laughs> saw the use case that she goes, that would make my life much, much easier. And so when I think about yeah. this, I think about my work. Right. I think about not having to have monitors or I'm sitting in my trailer right now and being able to have my full displays that I didn't bring with me. So that's the yeah. use case that Apple has kind of focused on. Right. I mean, they didn't go into gaming. They didn't go into fitness. They went on media consumption and they went into productivity. And so finally, I've got somebody that says, hey, we think you'll be able to do your daily work. The other thing about my daily work is I don't do it in six hour spurts. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll sit down, I'll work on an assignment and then I step away for a bit. And that's actually just healthy, period. Right. Regardless of whether you're wearing a headset or not. So yeah. I get it that the weight might be a challenge to a certain extent. Um, so we'll see. We're going to hear a lot more. People are going to get these review devices and we'll figure it out. But that's why I haven't used it and why I probably wouldn't use, you know, the the PlayStation VR stuff either is because it's just not yeah. the use case that I want for this. I want it for my productivity and, you know, maybe come winter, if PlayStation's got an app that'll make it look like I'm cycling through the French Alps on my stationary yeah. bike, then great. But nobody's really come out with that experience yet. And so that's why I haven't used it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is more than just gaming, but it is very limited in, in the, the use cases. Right. So you can. And what I used to do with it, watch a movie in your own theater. Right. An empty theater. It's just you. Right. You're looking around. It's just empty movie theater and the, the movie you're watching is on the screen. And that's pretty cool. But, you know, depending on the movie that I'm watching, I want to see it on my my 4K TV. Right. Not right. on the little the little. uh the low quality, uh, not low quality, because it is pretty high quality. It's pretty good. It's an older version. And, and I should have just mailed it to you instead of asking you, should I mail it? I knew you was going to say no. But it, it is it is a pretty cool experience, right? They have demos and stuff like that. You know, you don't have to pay, play a full game, but you can do things like browsing the web and stuff like that. With that, how Apple has the uh, the window just kind of floating in the middle. And it's, it's a really cool experience. That's why when I saw those demos that they did, you know, I, in my head, I can, vi I can picture that. Right. Cause it is, a, it is different watching a, a 2d demo of a virtual environment. Right. You, you really don't get the full, uh, the full experience. So, um, but just a thought, like I said, yeah. it's, it's not the newest, the latest one. There's, there's, uh, a different version of that, that model. And then there's a, a newer version of, uh, you know, a second generation of it out too. So it's nothing, Nothing fancy, but it's 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 a way to dive into it without one of those, uh, you know, clip your phones in the in the plastic right. headset kind of thing. You don't. It's not the same experience. So, 
Like well, let's say, do I'll this. You can bring it back whenever you come visit Texas. You can I was going to say, let's you. do this. I'm supposed to be in Houston later this year. You and I okay. are hopefully going to get together and record a podcast in person. So the yeah. Apple headset's not coming out till early next year, right? So I don't have yeah. to worry about spending the money or ordering or any of that kind of stuff until after I come to Houston. I'll come to Houston. We'll record a podcast. I'll play with the headset, and we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll play around with it then. And also, too, hey, this may be a really good idea. I can get some some other, you know, more powerful headsets. Because like I said, the uh, PlayStation VR is, is not low end because it's very expensive, but it's not high end either. And right. uh, I have a couple of friends with some of those high end ones. So, yeah, we can okay. put together a demo and we can, we can do all that. So, yeah, that sounds like fun. But I think the key here, though, is use case, right? You need yes. to have a use case for this. Look, if you've got unlimited money and just want it, fine. But if they hadn't showed that productivity use case and it was all just going to be fitness and gaming, I wouldn't be nearly as excited about it. So, you know, as much yes. as we're going to geek out on this stuff, you've got to have a use case for us. If I was traveling like I used to for business, that may be another reason so that I could put it on on an airplane, right, and shut out the mm -hmm. airplane world because air travel is getting worse and worse and worse nowadays too. So um, I think you've got to have a use case. Like my sister reacting first saying, no way, that's way too much money. I would never use something like that. And then mm -hmm. me going, what about your photo editing? And she goes, oh. And yeah. she could immediately start telling me which parts of photo editing she struggles with right now and how she would fix it if she could use her finger, how much yeah. it would be better, those kinds of things. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's... that's um... That that's something that I think we we need to uh, prepare you for. Not not necessarily because, like I said, we're we're gonna go in on it. But just so you can you can get a better idea of what you're getting into, because it, it is different seeing a demo than actually experiencing it or being in VR yourself. And we're talking about AR too, so augmented reality and virtual reality, kind of a mixed reality uh, a headset is what the Vision Pro is. But that way you can at least start off with the uh, with the VR stuff. So yeah, so and. and I put here in the notes, who is this for, right? We know currently who this is for, right? The price tag is going to price out your your average users, right? $3,500 is receiving a lot of backlash, a lot of hate for that. The use cases that they showed just didn't really justify that uh, for anyone beyond the, uh, you know what I mean, the hardcore users, developers, people that are going to make money, right? If you're going to make twenty five to hundred k from developing some t some technology for this then $3500 is a drop in a bucket right that's 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 nothing for you but anyone beyond a developer who who would this target well you, know, you, you mentioned your sister with the photo editing so that would bring in photographers and people who need to edit uh, uh photos and stuff like that but do you really need this you... to edit a spreadsheet at work no but i think if you travel a lot for example it could mm -hmm. be good I mean, they showed, you know, examples of folks sitting in the, in the, um, in a hotel room. Yes. Right. And not having to haul a monitor with you. If I think about the number of people working remotely, maybe you don't have access to two 4k monitors, right. Or like in my situation where I'm in a, want to be in a camp trailer all the time, there's a lot yes. of people working in very, very remote locations. And so if you, if I could say that it cuts the amount of time 
to edit our podcast in half because all of a sudden I've got a giant interactive screen versus my little 13 inch MacBook screen. So I can yes. just see more, it becomes easier or it's hand gestures or whatever the case may be. Then you can start justifying it from a productivity standpoint. I mean, that's the way a lot of developers or even artists or creatives justify buying new hardware all the time when it comes out. You know, mm -hmm. if I think if I'm a programmer and it takes 20 minutes to compile my application every time I make a change, but I buy the new hardware and it now takes 10 minutes, I just got a 50% productivity boost. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by these use cases. Can I find a way that, so let's say my sister can do a better job of editing her photos and be more efficient at it. So her quality is better so she can charge more. And now she's more efficient, which means she can go to more photo shoots because yes. she can get more work done. So there's this revenue generation piece in there. Um, so that's the can I justify it side of things. And then yeah. the other side of this is I don't want to justify it. I just want it because <laughs> I want it, right? And right, it, I'm not right. talking necessarily about me because I already said if they couldn't show me the productivity aspect, I'm not sure I'd be as into as, into it as as I am. But if folks are into media and um, you know, we talked earlier in this episode about buying the 15-inch MacBook Air instead of the 13, if it's going to be your only screen. Well, yeah. If I'm sharing an apartment, or you know, I mean, think about those all these apartments you see in New York that are basically, you know, 100 square feet. And but I want to be able to enjoy media. I want to be able to watch you know, a 3D movie or whatever the case may be, but I can't put a 45-inch plasma, or not plasma, they don't do that anymore, right? I can't put yeah. a 45-inch 4K <laughs> TV up on my wall because I don't have a wall that it'll fit on. Okay, well, I could get this, yeah, and I can yeah. still get that great experience. So those are the use cases that I think folks are going to have to try and justify. ATP, Marco was talking a lot about 3D capture and playback of video being the killer yeah. feature I and don't know if i'm sold on that uh so i mean the birthday party example was kind of weird as the dad do you really yeah. want to be that disconnected but if you're not wearing it for the whole party and you're just wearing it for the singing of happy birthday and blowing out the candles and then you take it off but now you've captured that memory in yeah. 3d that might be pretty cool and somebody else made the point of well if you didn't have the goggles on you just have your phone up in front of your face capturing yeah. it anyway right? right so i i think this is going to all come down to use cases and i think it's going to come down to gen 2 right what is the yes. non-pro version of this look like how do they get that price down to where folks don't have to have like i'm going to have three or four reasons i want to use this before i'm going to be able to justify the 3500 dollars. Mm -hmm. they need to get it down to somewhere where folks can say well i only have a single use case i'm going to use it once a week I'll spend $500 for that, but yeah. I can't use it 12 times a year and spend $3,500 yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think to, you, so you're right about the use cases, right? And, and very specific uses like for photographers or, or content creators. Right. So if you remember back, there was a report that came out like years ago about people who work on the devices that they want they're more productive right 
and and i think at the time we were using it to justify adding in android devices and things like that into the uh into the uh uh, you know and to the mdm that we had going but i think it's more than that so i think people are more productive in the environment that they want to be in right so you mentioned being able to they they mentioned in the video being able to to view and work on your macbook right but what if you had to fly somewhere or perfect example you're you're in your camper right now but you feel more productive in your home office right or you feel more productive in your work office or you're at home if you can still scan that environment and still put yourself in that you know what i mean it'll help you focus more you get what i'm saying like you can focus more when you're in your office but that office just happens to be while you're on a business trip or a family trip in new york in a hotel room right you'll still have access to to the things uh well not access because you can't physically pick up things but you're in the environment that you want to be the most productive in while you're sitting in that hotel room or on the plane ride or something like that and just pulling out the distractions from the world around you right i mean that's a lot of what focus is about and so this is an augmented reality first device right everything puts you back into reality and then you have to deliberately decide to go out of reality to do this and so you know if i think about you know, if, if my wife was working and I was working, we were both trying to work in this trailer, you know, we would sit on opposite ends, but we're still really close to each other. Most people don't realize camp trailers are only a couple hundred square feet at the most. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, put in a pair of AirPods Pro 2, tune out the trailer around you, yeah. and there you go. You're set. Right. And um, now you've got some time to be able to focus and, but yet still, the way Apple has done this, when she wants to come in and ask me a question, she's going to pop back into my view and those AirPods, the adaptive audio will kick in and I'll be able to hear her ask me a question and then go right back into my work mode. So, yeah, yeah I, that's why this appeals to me versus any of these other headsets is the ability to get stuff that's important to me done. Yeah. So I see you have listed here some some um, I'm not sure where, where you pull this from, but you had some uh, some bullet points here with some some information. Yeah, the first one came. Uh, so Marco Arma, again, host of ATP, developer of Overcast, okay. actually was at Apple Park um, and said he had it on good authority that when in the videos and the keynote, when it looked like you were seeing through the device, that all of that was actually captured from the device that it's not mock-ups okay. that it's not you know a rendered video or any of that kind of stuff but it's actual that so if that's the case that's uh that's pretty pretty darn good so um okay. you know truth will come out at some point but um and then marquise brownlee mentioned that the eye tracking and i've heard this from others too that is just phenomenal that it knows exactly where you're looking and um and that it's going to follow you, which is yeah. which is a challenge in some of the other headsets, which is why they're using hand controllers, physical hand controllers to do even simple things. So, yeah. Yeah. So I watched that video you sent from from uh, Marcus Brownlee. And uh, uh, speaking of the eye tracking. So I had mentioned last week that, you know, I thought it was so cool how you know, it, it dimmed the light or raised up. I thought it was a little gizmo or something in there that kind of raised up and they would view your eyes. But no, that's an actual LED screen on the front yep. and it's doing 
a uh, like a live uh, feed of your eyes inside of the headset. So, you know, I thought it was cool at first, but hearing that, that's, that's like <laughs> that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So, so basically, again, they got cameras looking at your face and projecting onto a screen so that yeah, somebody else can yeah. see it. And think about that, though, when we start talking about non-pro hardware. Maybe that's yes. a feature that they take away. So right? Eliminating that, eliminating an LCD screen on the outside for someone or no one to view if, if you know you don't have a need for it. That'll automatically knock five or six hundred bucks off of that price, right? So yeah, imagine all the other stuff that they can leave out, some of the sensors and things to give you a stripped down fifteen hundred dollar version. That way, it puts it in direct competition with with uh, Meta's. Um, what, what do they call that that thing that they that, that they have? Or whatever it is, the yeah, pro or... yeah. So it puts it in direct competition with that because right now at thirty five hundred, and again. They, they're doing this for a reason, right? They're pricing out the casual users because the average everyday person is going to buy this thing and tear it down, right? Because they don't have a use for it, right? right. So eliminate all of that hate. You only have the, the, the people who have a need for it right out of the gate, right? The developers, the people who are going to make money, the companies, the reviewers, and things like that. You price everyone out, and then, like you said, version 2 will be released. The price tag will be different. The hardware will be different. The hardware, the uh, internals will be cheaper, you know, two years from now, three years from now. And that newer version will be a lot more cost effective for the uh, the average consumer. So, yeah, the eye tracking thing in that was was uh, yeah. really stood out. That's that's pretty amazing. Well, and continuing on that, so you will calibrate the headset when you put mm -hmm. it on, right? So it's going to track your eye movements. And that led him to say there is a guest mode. Right, and they are doing iris authentication, so they're no, going to know it's you by looking at your irises. So this is all part of this calibrating it, and I imagine you'll be able to recalibrate it. Like you used to have to recalibrate your touchscreens on yep. your devices every once in a while. We don't have to anymore, but um, but just to say the power of this, I didn't realize this, but apparently you can, if you've got a text field, like let's say you've got a search box up, you can look at the field and start talking. Yeah, and it'll dictate yeah. in what you're searching for. So imagine be able to look at the Google search window, right, and just say start searching for gadgets for families, mm -hmm. and you don't have to type, you don't have to touch, you just talk into it, and it fills in the search field for you. That's yeah, cool. Just looking at it and just saying, you know, what you're searching for, that's nope. that's faster than searching for something on the phone that we do now, or if I'm on my tablet having to tap and then. Uh, pop the keyboard up and then tap in what I'm looking for or even dictating, you know, there's still yep. less, um, less movements or, or, you know, less steps into doing that, man, that is, that is, if it works as good as they're saying. Yeah. And these are the, uh, the, the hardcore Apple lovers, right. That, that's got, yeah. got the demo of course. or people who are not going to be overly critical. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and, of Apple. They're, they're smart who they let demo these things. But remember, this is a self-contained computer. Right. This is yes. not dependent on your iPhone. This is not dependent on your Mac or your iPad. It's self-contained. Now it's in the Apple ecosystem, so all of that kind of stuff gets yeah. connected eventually, anyway. But this is in and of itself. A, it's it's a computer. It's a self-contained computer. So, which is also pretty cool because everything else, like your PlayStation, is dependent on having PlayStation, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see where we go over the next six months. We're going to keep talking about this forever. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So more more details are going to come out, and the closer we get to it, and remember, like we said, they didn't give us. They just said next year. They didn't say yeah. 
next fall. They didn't say next summer or whatever. They just said, eh, next year. So that's plenty of time for tech companies and developers to, to come up with some really awesome stuff. So if you don't see anything about it now that you like, you know, come January next year, there may be something that that's announced that you're saying, I need that. I need that in my right. life. So, so what do we expect from the future from this thing? So I know like Marcus Brownlee in the video you sent, you, you shared with me said that, that there's no controllers or, or, or hand accessories, right? Everything's using the, those camera and sensors and stuff to do the little pinch motions and things. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, right? Remember Steve Jobs famously said, there's not going to be a stylus. There's never going to be a need for, uh, you know, your fingers are your stylus. There's not, and then, you know, years later, the Apple Pencil came out. Pointless on the iPhone, but definitely, you know, the same was said about the iPad. You don't need it. Your finger is a stylus. But to do more precision style work, right? Yes, you can uh, pinch those corners and, and resize and stuff like that. But when we're talking about editing video or, or pictures and stuff, having that that sharp little point on the pencil to be able to get those you know what i mean when we're talking about little points on like font sizes and things like that so i think that you're going to need accessories to to be able to get that precision like work done yeah on, on this headset and and controllers they say oh yeah you can use your playstation controller and i think in the demo they had someone using a ps5 controller you know i love my xbox controller and things like that i'm using it on a switch but maybe something first party that's more precision you know what i mean more precise uh, uh as far yeah. as gaming and stuff goes like that so you know saying that it won't need any accessories and things like that i don't i don't buy that 100 percent. and we talked about the headset too those straps that's not that thing wearing that strap now the way it is that thing is going to be filthy <laughs> for, yeah for me. i well, have a really sweaty head you know I would use the Apple Pencil anywhere I could, right? Yeah. So if they would allow me to use the Apple Pencil on a, a Pro Max size phone, mm -hmm. I would use it all day long. It's just a note taker, right? It's just like yeah. the little flip notebooks we used to take notes and stuff in. Um, I use it all the time on my Mini. Um, my wife had one, gave up on using it. But if I think about my sister, she was talking about needing to edit around hair strands right? Or needing yes. to get rid of a strand of hair if she could use the pencil and it would just recognize that it was the pencil that was up there and she could use the precision, that would be great. And the yes. other thing that it doesn't have, which I would love to see, I don't know how they would ever do this, but it's some sort of haptic feedback, right? So yeah. that yeah. there was something there. So I, I think they're gonna, eventually there's going to be Bluetooth controllers for gaming, right? I'd love to see the mm -hmm. Apple Pencil enabled as an accessory on this again just for precision yes. or you know I, i've got an app on my ipad called pigment which is just coloring right and there's something mm -hmm. therapeutic about going in and coloring something yeah. and to if i could go in and use the pencil to color in front of my face right and yeah. do something like that i think it would be great so yeah i don't agree that there won't ever be a need for it um but we'll see where it evolves to yeah yeah. So another thing, too, was that interface. Um, I'm probably 90 percent sure that's going to change. Right. I know they needed to get something out. And, and at the time, looking at it, I thought it was just marketing, just just kind of, you know what I mean? Just let's put something together just to show people or whatever. But it, it basically looks like the grid view 
from the uh, Apple Watch, right? Yeah. And I don't know. It, it's it's fine for the Apple Watch. And like I said, I switch back and forth. I use the grid. Sometimes I use the list. It just I just change it back and forth every every month or so. But I'm not sure if something like that, it's intuitive, yes, right? Because it's simple. Pop everything up that you need right there. But when we start adding apps and features and, and uh, adjusting settings and stuff like that, I'm just uh, I don't like that that interface that that yeah. grid view that they have it just looks so generic and un, and unapple to me. What do you think about that? I don't either. I don't know what they'll do with that. I mean, I don't. I I think it's unfortunate that we are on the iPhone 15 and basically the home screen layout has never changed, other than you can add folders, yeah. right? It's still a yeah. locked in grid view and if you think about how people use like a mac for example they put shortcuts or icons or whatever anywhere on their desktop if they use it right and if you're not doing that then it's it's a tray right it's the menu tray or the whatever it's called at the bottom and so i don't know maybe they'll find a, a better way to do something like that it's fine for a demo and for r1 and as long as there's some sort of evolution as to where that goes. So, yeah. So another thing I have, and, and I know we're, we're approaching our, our limit here, but um, that two hour battery life, I expected more. And, and most, it said up to two hours. So if you're really, I mean, if pushing you're really, it. yeah, if you're really pushing it, we're talking an hour and a half and you know, I'm I'm certain you're going to be able to buy that MagSafe charger. You're going to buy more of those, but I'm sure that little thing is going to be 250 to 500 bucks. So most people yeah. aren't going to buy additional batteries. Now I know well, you can plug it in and be mm-hmm. you know tethered to a, to an outlet or something, but two hours. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see where this goes. So it's my understanding too that. Once the battery goes, there's no grace period. So there's no graceful shutdown either. Okay. So the whole OS so just shuts down. Data. Yeah. So you even if you had a, let's say you're watching a movie, a two and a half hour movie on an airplane and your battery runs out, it's just going to stop. Even if you had the spare, you're going to have to unlock it, pull off the MagSafe, put the new one in, let it reboot back up. Right. Or you're going to do what a lot of people do with their, because um, it looks like it's just USB power, USB-C yeah. power delivery, right? So if that's the case, then you're just going to have it hooked up to another USB-C, you know, take the USB-C cable and hook it up to an external yeah. battery. So your battery is hooked to an external battery. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I would like to see them have some sort of grace period where if you mm-hmm. did buy a second battery that you had 30 seconds to unhook yeah. it, hook up the new one. Um I mean, batteries are heavy, right? They are. And so, they are. Especially you know, if I ones. think, yeah. yeah, if I think of, you know, clipping it on my belt or throwing it in my shorts pocket or something like that, anything much heavier than an iPhone Pro Max starts to get a little bit, yeah, a little yeah, bit iffy, tug- especially at your jeans and yeah. especially where you're probably already going to have your iPhone Pro Max in one pocket because we're talking about the people that buy these things to start with, right? So they probably have got a Pro Max in one pocket, and then they're going to have the battery in the other pocket or clipped onto their belt. So they're going to need to work on battery life longer term. Again, for me, for my primary reason I want to use this, I'm just going to have it plugged into the wall behind me. 
or plugged yeah. into the the plug on my desk and it's just going to be sitting there so i'm not going to care so much no not me i'm getting a backpack and i'm putting one of those those uh, car batteries in the backpack yeah 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 <laughs> but you know here's the other i just thought of this too um because i had somebody ask me about standing desks today i yeah. mean think about the flexibility i'll now have if i have this to do my work of being able to sit or stand right now i'll have to move my keyboard and trackpad wherever I go, but that's way easier than raising monitors and all of this other kind of stuff and having to buy a desk that'll fit all my monitors. That was the person that asked me that was going to be their struggle is how do they get their two monitors onto a de standing desk that sits on top of an existing desk. And there are solutions for that. I have one, right? Yes. But, um, you know, being able to eliminate some of that or being able to go stand at the kitchen counter Right. And work from the kitchen counter, just standing there and then deciding, oh, I'm just going to sit on the stool for a minute and just sitting down instead of having to lower everything and raise everything. I mean, yeah, those are the yeah. kinds of things that I think will help with some some productivity stuff. So like right now, I mean, I'm sitting on a stool um, that's actually my bike maintenance stool that I sit on and mm -hmm. it's killing me. You've seen me stand up a few times <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, killing just stand me. Up a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just being able to stand up and walk around or do whatever and have all of my stuff go with me. So again, Gen One's super expensive. Let's get the let's get it down to more reasonably priced so more people can use it. But again, yeah. it's that use case kind of stuff. So Yeah, yeah. So and that's what some of the hate said was was, you know, I just I don't see a need. How do I fit this in my life? And, you know, just to be honest, it's just not for you right now. It's not for anyone right now. It's it's we're talking bleeding edge, edge technology, and you know there was a lot of hate on the iPod. Why do I need to carry around? You yeah. know there was a lot of hate on the phone. Remember? Oh, I love my BlackBerry. It doesn't even have a keyboard on it. Yeah. So yeah, it it's gonna it's not for everybody starting off, but but this is definitely it it has a good future ahead of it, right? And this is just Gen One. So I know we're going to hit the two hour mark here, but I want to do kind of a public service announcement kind of thing at the end here, if you don't yeah. mind me doing this no, real fast. So um, maybe I'll talk about my camping setup another time, but iOS 17 comes out. They've got an accessibility feature called personal voice. So basically you spend 15 minutes reading a bunch of phrases. And then once you've done that, it'll take it hours, but their machine learning will actually go in and replicate your voice. Now, there are other services that can do this, um, but I've heard they're not nearly as good. But this is, again, is self-contained in the Apple ecosystem. And so once it's done doing the processing, you can actually type and have your phone speak in your voice, whatever you typed, right? Yeah. So it's an accessibility feature for people that are losing their voice or whatever the case may be. But, um, and so, my public service announcement here is to start thinking about these features and how they improve the quality of life. In one of our launch episodes, you were the superhero, there's the spoiler, because you saved the voicemails <laughs> from the father of one of our customers that had passed away. And so yeah. this kind of stuff isn't just for convenience and those kinds of things, but there's a lot that we could do. I mean, think about how often people go back and watch home videos of people that have passed just because they want yes. to hear their voices yeah. or those kinds of things. But how cool would it be to have a feature like that? So get creative. And if you have, um, if you personally are in a position where you may lose your voice, 
I'm going to encourage you to think about this. I just think yeah. it's something that we can use to remember people by. And um, anyway, that's that's my personal public service announcement is to think about these features and how they can enhance our lives, even if you aren't part of the accessibility community or the traditional yeah. accessibility audience. So thanks for letting me share that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Thank you for sharing it. And uh, um, I think it's good. I think it's good always being able to hear from someone, you know, that, that you heard from all of your life. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening as usual. We'll edit it down. It'll be under two hours, yeah. <laughs> but not by much. Not by much. <laughs> and, you know, we told you we love this stuff, so we, we can go on and on and on. We have to make a conscious effort to, to try to breeze through some of these topics because we'll be on for four hours yep. if we could. All right, everybody. Yeah. That's it for me. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week.